What's up, Yankee fans? It is Greg with another episode of Yankee Crazy Podcast. And it's a slow week. It is a slow week in baseball. We can talk about a few things but we'll be retreading on them. So I'm going to talk about something a little bit different. But first, first off, I didn't give the answer to the trivia question yesterday. And the trivia question, I'm going to add to it actually. So the trivia question was, what two famous musicians shared yesterday as a birthday? And there was a Yankee who shared a birthday with them. Okay, so... Yankee, give you a little hint, wore number 25, and you know, very similar to Bryce Harper because he wore 25 because he and his father were big Mickey Mantle fans. I think his father was a, a huge Mickey Mantle fan, and then you know that obviously caused him to be similar to Bryce Harper, and he wore 25. Two plus five equals seven. And Mickey Mantle's number was seven. So that's why Bryce Harper does 34, three plus four. I don't know why he doesn't wear seven on the Nationals. Hmm, he could do that. Maybe he was bracing himself to come to the Yankees, which you never know. You never know. Might surprise you, but probably not. Anyway, so the first, you know, the first answer to uh, the, the, the first two answers, I'll give you a little time to think about that one. Elvis and David Bowie. <clears throat> Pretty cool they share the same birthday, right? Wild. Elvis, one of my all-time favorites. And, uh, and David Bowie's awesome, too. And now to the Yankee. Have you guessed who it is? He played first base for them. If you guessed, the Giambino, Jason Giambi. Yes, all three of them. Yesterday's birthday trivia question. So, not sure whose birthday it is today. We probably could look it up. I'm sure you could find, like, all of the Yankees, uh, like, any Yankee in history's birthday. I'm sure there's a website for it. (laughs) I did not look up what national day it is today. Uh, It's probably national, um, I don't know, buy a puppy day or something. (laughs) Which, that's a good day. Uh, That would be a good day, right? But anyway, let's talk a little bit about Giambi. You know, Giambi, when he came to the Yankees, was a really big signing. And he had a lot of great Yankee moments. And the problem with Giambi was that the the PEDs, he was a PED guy. And I think if he had not been a PED guy, he would have gotten more... um, Notoriety. I don't even know what his stats are, but he was a really great Yankee for them for a long time. And I believe he was never on a World Series team, right? Because they got him in, I'm going to guess, like 2002. And I think he played for them from 2002 to 2008, maybe. And then obviously they won in 2009. And in that offseason, they had picked up uh, Mark Teixeira to play first base. So 
Giambi never won a title with the Yankees. <clears throat> so it's too bad because he definitely had a lot of clutch hits, a lot of big home runs, and uh, I was a I was a Giambi fan. I did like him. You know, when the PED thing has been coming up a lot because all these PED guys or linked PED guys are up for Hall of Fame uh, induction, or not induction, but Hall of Fame consideration. And it's a tricky one. I, I really can see both sides to this argument because, number one, you know, they claim everybody was doing them or, you know, and that's, that's pushing it. Not everybody was doing them. Derek Jeter was not doing them. Okay. So he played during that time and was amazing. You know, I just was watching some clips of Jeter, uh, defensive skills. And if you don't think Jeter is a top five all-time shortstop, maybe even top three, you're, you're crazy. You are crazy. You're not Yankee crazy. You are just crazy. <laughs> Jeter was, oh man, they're showing those. He was the first to do that in the whole jump throw. That was just uh, unbelievable. That, that revolutionized the game because he, no one else was doing that before him. And now you see guys doing it and Jeter was the first. And when he first did that, it was like, holy cow. Did I, did I just see that? And, you know, the other clip they had was him going into the stands. They showed two clips of him going in, but I'll never forget the one he went into the stands against Boston and came out with, like, the, um, he had, like, the cut under his eye and he was all bruised. And if you look at him today, he still looks like that never healed fully correctly. But getting back to it, the PEDs, you know, one guy linked to PEDs and he came clean with it was Andy Pettit and he had come across and said that he had done it because he wanted to come back from an injury and Andy Pettit if you know about him he is a um he is a big time christian very um very religious guy and upstanding guy. You know, everybody says he's extremely upstanding. You know, if you look at the PEDs, that was, um, you know, at the time, they weren't illegal. You know, that's the thing. That's, that's the other side of the argument I'm going to get to. But with Andy Pettit, I would like to believe that he was taking them to come back from injury. And he came clean and he came forward. And Let's just say that is the case. I'm, I'm going to side with Andy on this because, like I said, he's upstanding guy. Very, very uh, religious guy. And I think he's got great character, all the stories you hear of him. So with that, I would like to think that he was telling the truth. And... In a way, I admire that he wanted to come back and help the team. So he was trying to do everything he could. So now the flip side of it is like I had just said, they weren't illegal. That's the thing. They were not banned in baseball. So it's almost like you are, you are criticizing these guys for doing it when there was nothing in the rule book saying that they couldn't. 
you know, obviously I know they were doing shady stuff and, you know, they talk about Jose Canseco, you know, shooting up guys in the bathroom or, you know, things of that nature and, and all of the, uh, you know, Bonds getting the special, the cream, you remember those stories, the cream and the clear, and it was two different things and it's, it is a tricky argument and a lot of sports writers I see are the same way there's a it's it's split more are not voting for these guys but i think some are starting to come around and say you know that it was never outlawed major league baseball kind of turned a blind eye towards it bud Selig gets a lot of flack for doing that and it also a lot of people claim that the mcguire and sosa home run craziness that went on in what was that 2000 and was it one 2001 or 99 99 yeah maybe 99 I think or was it earlier was it 98 I don't know we got Mario look up when they set those records I was actually at um Wrigley Field when Sammy Sosa hit his 60th home run and that was awesome. Seeing a game at Wrigley. If you've never been to Wrigley, go go check it out. It is awesome, awesome uh, area around there. Was with my buddy T Bone, and he got tickets. Now it's funny about Wrigley. Everybody wants to sit in the bleachers, so he got bought tickets down. I think like the first base side, or it was like right field, and he traded someone and had to pay extra money. <laughs> <laughs> to get bleacher seats, which is so crazy. But that is, it, you know, Wrigley, right field bleachers, it's more about the party than the actual game. It is just a big social event out there. Some people some people didn't even watch the game. Some people just, like, hung out. And, <laughs> and no, it really, no, it really irritates me. Uh, one thing about that trip was, you know, so we went, so this is back in the day when, you know, I don't think I didn't even have a cell phone at that time. So I had a camera and I lost my camera. And I had a picture of Sammy Sosa hitting his 60th home run and running, going around the bases. And I think I was taking a picture of him like every at bat, like multiple pictures and, and trying to time it right. And, you know, back in the day when it wasn't a digital camera, it was, you, it was a film camera and you had to, you had to like go and get them print the prints made. So I am really bummed. I lost that camera. So somebody out there, if you're listening to this show and you picked up a camera and actually developed the film to see what was on there, because maybe you were curious about whose camera it was. It is a picture of me, T-Bone and his buddies partying at Wrigley and all around and Sammy Sosa's 60th and we had a picture we had a picture of all of us in front of Wrigley that famous like sign in front of Wrigley and oh man I'm I'm bummed I am bummed about it I'm even more bummed now that I'm thinking of it again (laughs) oh man anyway getting back to it you know it, it created a lot of excitement that home run race that those guys were doing and a lot of people said that it helped bring baseball back after the strike after the 94 strike there were I guess there was a lot of people who were not into baseball and didn't like the strike and they lost fans and and that brought it back and here's another one near the little story I was thinking about I was at a Pearl Jam concert when Mark McGuire 
broke the record originally. And that is when he hit his 62nd home run that year. And it was, it was pretty funny because we were, everybody was wondering about that. It was in September, yeah, it must have been September. It was in September and at this show and it was at, um, oh man, was it like, um, was it Hammerstein Ballroom or one of those, um, you know, awesome show. And Eddie Vedder came out and he said, if you're wondering, and he took, he took like a, a rolled up piece of paper and a cr- and like crunk crinkled up <laughs> crunkled up crinkled up a another piece of paper and he pretended to swing a bat and hit it and uh and then he announced that uh Maguire had broken the record and it was it was pretty awesome it was <laughs> it was it was pretty cool seeing him uh make that announcement and being at the show, you know, that was that was much more cool being at the show <laughs> than Maguire's home run. Because, you know, the other the other the, the sentimental part of me is like, you know, these guys were on PEDs and Roger Maris really has the the record, but all these guys, you know, was it is it tainted? So I don't know, getting back to I gotta see that movie sixty one, like I was talking about yesterday in the in the top movies. That will uh little tie in there I gotta I gotta see that I gotta see if HBO still has that on but so that's the PED case and what are your thoughts on this do you think that these guys should get in the Hall of Fame even though they did performance enhancing drugs or do you think that they should be banned it's, it is a slippery slope, my friends. And if you got an opinion and you want to get in touch with us, yankeecrazypodcast at gmail.com. Just set up the Facebook page. So if you're on Facebook, go and give us a like. And that's Yankee Crazy Podcast on there. And Instagram, Yankee Crazy Podcast. Twitter, Yankee Crazy Pod. And if you're listening on the Anchor app, you can do the voice messaging. Find that little tab over there and, and you could be like, yo, dude, they shouldn't be allowed in the Hall of Fame for PEDs because I said so. <laughs> I don't know. Give me your answers and, uh, you know, get in touch with us. Want to know. Want to know what everybody's thinking, you know, because I think it's really split down the middle these days. But... We'll see what happens with this Hall of Fame. Uh, I know Roger Clemens had a lot of votes. Uh, Bonds had a lot of votes. And who was that third guy? There was a third guy in there right now. Uh, wasn't McGuire, right? McGuire, I think, is off the ballot. I don't know. Mario, look that up for me. But anyway, this Hall, this Hall of Fame ballot, though, Mariano Rivera will definitely be enshrined. And I believe right now he's at 100% which is really awesome. You know, we talked about that, how if he could go in as unanimous, it would be awesome. And then there's those, those writers who are trying to get some fame and saying, this is why I'm not voting for him. And, you know, at least that one guy is not voting at all so that he won't mess up the possibility of Mariano getting unanimous uh, vote. Which is cool, in a way, but he's also doing that and writing this article to get some fame. So, I don't, I don't think that's cool. 
Anyway, let's go on. Where were we? So that's that's the 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 PED debate. Went over that, and uh, for the most part, right? Did I did I really fully cover the PED? I know I go off on these tangents, so I'm not sure if I fully covered it. And um, you know, oh, one of the points I want to make was in terms of the. Uh, in terms of it being against the rules, I was trying to think about another sport of bodybuilding. Bodybuilding, back in the day, you know, we're talking like Arnold Schwarzenegger, back in the day, all those guys used steroids. And it was just known. It was like, you did steroids. And then when steroids started to... uh, you know, people started finding out the real health issues with steroids, and maybe they knew them back then. I don't, I don't really know. But with with that, it turned to, you know, they started doing a lot of bodybuilding contests where it was being drug tested. And I don't know if they do that now. They probably do, I would imagine, in this day and age. But you know, you look at that, and you're like, well, you know. Uh, I, I think they. I think it was really frowned upon, but you know these guys were doing it. Arnold Schwarzenegger was doing it, and I think it wasn't the type of thing that they were hiding, and everybody was doing it. And it kind of relates to how people bring up this argument that you know a lot of people were doing it back in the day. In uh, talking about baseball now, and so if all these guys are doing it, is it an even playing field? But my argument for that is there were a lot of guys who probably were not doing it, Derek Jeter being one of them. So I don't know if that argument really stands, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. Another argument is about, um, what's his name, Bonds, how people said, well, Bonds would have made it into the hall anyway. He was a great player, but, you know, it's, it's like, well, he should have he should have then... Stayed that great player and not did it. I don't know. I'm I'm against it. I think it. I think they should not be allowed in the game. That is my take on it. And maybe we just move on from here and say that was a lost decade. But a lot of people have strong feelings about Cooperstown and the Hall of Fame, and they don't want it quote tainted by it. But I feel like the whole process has been softening, especially with this new era uh, part of the game, new era committee, and Harold Baines getting in. And Harold Baines was a solid player. Like, I've, I, you know, I discussed that. But it's almost like, you know, do, do, you, really, do you really look at Harold Baines and say, oh, Harold Baines, Hall of Famer. I, I, think it's, I think the Hall of Fame's been watered down a little bit. But Cooperstown, Cooperstown's a great place. If you've never been as a baseball fan, you should definitely, definitely go check out Cooperstown. I haven't been there since I was a kid, but I would, I would love to go back. I probably would appreciate it even more. Although when I was a kid, I, 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 I loved it. Loved going there. It was so amazing. <clears throat> and what, one of the things I loved at Cooperstown was they do the postcards they do the plaques. So every plaque they've made a postcard out of. And when I was back in the day collecting baseball cards and memorabilia, I was at Cooperstown. It was, you know, back in the day, you know, the postcards were like, I don't know, they were like 10 cents or something. And I left Cooperstown with like the biggest stack 
Oh man, I, I probably still have those somewhere. I think I got, I think I got Charles Geringer autographed it. Um, you know, back in the day when you know me and my friends used to mail away to all these players, used to send uh, and figure out who, what people would sign your your letters, your your stuff if you put it in the mail. And uh, Charles or Charlie Geringer was a guy Hall of Famer who played with the Detroit Tigers, and I believe I had mailed him a postcard, one of those Cooperstown postcards, and I think I put also, I didn't mail the postcard to him, I put, the, <laughs> I put it in an envelope, I didn't like just do the, do the postcard and be like, hey, <laughs> here's your Hall of Fame plaque, and can you mail it and send it back to me? <laughs> but I did that, and one of my other things was I would take an index card, and I would put, I, would, I had all these team stickers, and I, I remember taking I crazy how I can remember this now that I'm thinking of it. I put an index card and I put a tiger sticker on it and he signed that. And really that that was awesome. Really cool dude. He was I I you know, he passed away a few years back and I remember when he did cuz I was like, "Oh man, Charlie Geringer signed my stuff." So big big shout out to him for doing that. All right. So <clears throat> Next thing I wanted to go over was the slowness of the season, of the hot stove season. And, you know, we're kind of waiting around. You know, we've got Machado watch. We've got, we could start Harper watch. And like I said, 75% of the free agents of this, se- of this off season are still unsigned. And it's getting later and later. And it is dragging out and that is another reason if you listen to the show the other day if you haven't go back and listen to the trade deadline show that we need a trade deadline it would really add some excitement <clears throat> and it would force teams to have to do this so what i was thinking about was my original one said it would be done at the gm meetings but i've got a new thought on this have the gm meetings be their own separate thing Okay, and now make the trade deadline January 15th. You do that, and it would create so much buzz. So you'd have the GM meetings, and that would be awesome. Got to go to them. Mario, book that flight. We are going next December to the GM meetings. And then you have another really big event January 15th or wherever it lines up for like this week, this upcoming weekend. So whatever that would be like mid month of January. So this way GM meetings happen. Some deals could go down there or it could be kind of like, you know, kick the tires, check things out and then enjoy the holidays, New Year's and then those first, you know, two weeks or so of January, everybody is working hard on making these deals and having this big event. Like, think about the NFL draft and how big it is and how fans go and people go crazy about it and so many people talk about it. It would really push baseball to be like the NFL, a 12-month sport. 
create this buzz right now that it would be something, and I don't know the logistics of it, I don't know how it would work, and I don't know how you would penalize the people, you know, you'd have to wait, like, make it something like you can't sign anyone until the end of spring training, or halfway through, or something like that, and really force the hand of these teams and help the players out. Because, you know, there's a lot of guys out there who are dependent upon what happens with Machado and Harper right now. And, you know, we're talking about guys who are not top-flight superstars who might be, you know, challenged in terms of getting on a team and finding something. Like, look at Neil Walker last year. Neil Walker didn't sign with the Yankees till like, midway through spring training, and a lot of people think that that hurt him from having a good year. And if he could have had a full spring training, who knows? So this way, you get some of these guys who are on the lower end to be able to have have a spot already, um, you know, designated that they'll know where they're going in a month when spring training starts. And I just think it would really be awesome for baseball. I know, I know I'd want to go to it. I would be all fired up and, you know, each team gets a pick or when they make their announcement or something like that. And you make it a big deal and you have, you have like all the, the team GMs there and, you get the players too. If you get the players there, that would be awesome. And make it all official and guys go up to the podium and put the jerseys and the hats on like in football or maybe just the hats, you know, like I talked about when the guys are wearing the suits and then they put the jersey over it, it's it's kind of comical to me. <laughs> I think they need to stop that. Although maybe people like that. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's a little, <laughs> a little bit goofy. <laughs> Oh, but anyway, it would be awesome. It, I, I think so. You know, Major League Baseball could do something really big and, you know, maybe give some, um, you know, some concert, maybe get some, some music going, have Pearl Jam play there. Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> oh, but that is the show for you. And no trivia question today. I, I don't know. I haven't seen any birthdays. Uh, any baseball player birthdays, but maybe we'll do that each day. We'll do a, maybe the trivial question will be whose birthday is it today? I don't know. Something to think about, but all right, guys, that's it. Stay tuned and let's go Yankees.